Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Good afternoon. Uh, Today, I'm truly honored to be with Jennifer Nichols of Bloom and Hustle. Uh, Jennifer Nichols is a social media confidence coach with five years of experience in social media management, social media content, and social media growth, growth prior to owning Bloom and Hustle, LLC. Jennifer spent five years running and owning a window treatment design and installation business in North Carolina, which is where she began learning social media and growing into and growing into her passion for the science behind the algorithms and hashtags. Jennifer specializes in helping business owners to understand social media platforms and use their voice to attract their ideal clients. As an introvert, Jennifer is no stranger to feeling unsure about social media and showing up as herself 100%, which is why she believes she can connect with other business owners, helping them to find a way to use their voice, talent, and story to rock their social media content confidently. Jennifer believes that there are no accidents and that we are all exactly where we need to be at this moment. Our job is to learn how to bloom from there, hence bloom and hustle. Welcome, Jennifer. It's so great that you're here today. Hey, Anne, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So I understand that you have a new program called Content Brainstorming for Fun People. Did I get that right? You did. Absolutely. I know it's a little bit of a mouthful, (laughs) but it truly speaks to the ability that I have to help people figure out the content for their social media, because it seems to be the biggest worry and stressor that most people have. And then also on the other side of it, let's be honest, who doesn't want to have fun? We all have it in us. We just don't know it's okay to share it on social media. So true. So how did you get into all of this? Growth. So it's a slow process, but I started in social media land, like, um, like I said, in learning for myself for my window treatment business. And then when I moved to Pennsylvania, I had to rethink the plan. And so social media was the answer. And I started doing content for business owners and taking care of everything for them but I found really what their biggest struggles were, were understanding the science, the purpose, and really what to say. And I also found in the flip side of that, that that's what I find joy in. So I love when business owners say, I don't know what to say on social media. Nobody wants to hear my story. I don't have anything to say. And then when I sit down with them and talk and ask them to tell me about their story and about their business and about their clients, all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch to say. 
And so that's how it really got started. It's simple, it's easy, and I can work with clients to get through easily. In two hours, they can have 30 or more days of content right in front of them without even thinking, just having a conversation. That is so amazing because, as you know, I'm one of those people who's totally lost. I know my business. I look at other people's social content, and then I'm totally lost. I'm in the weeds. I have no idea where to go. So I can honestly say that you have helped me so much in that because you understand all of that. Mm -hmm. So everything changes on a day-to-day basis. In today's world, everything moves very, very fast. How do you keep up with all of the changes that are being made? The truth of the matter is it's two part. So mostly that's why I really counsel my clients to be themselves because that's the thing that just doesn't change. And people, aside from the worry about algorithms and times to post that are appropriate or the best times or the way the photos should look, when you push all that aside, people are not drawn to us because of the time of day we post it. They're drawn to us because of who we are, how we relate to them, how they can relate to us. So that's first and foremost, the thing that never changes and to hold steady to when you are using social media to grow your business. The other thing is, is that industry leaders post updates all of the time. So I look at those every day. It's part of my morning routine. I check in, do my daily things, get on the computer, and I look to see what is going on in the world as far as social media, what has changed, if there's some outage or something going on or something that happened that I need to be aware of. But most days I truly focus on just being valuable. And I find that for myself and for my clients, when that happens, the rest of the magic falls into place. And before you know it, things are just popping in a way you wouldn't expect. And you wonder how it happened, where it happened or why, but really it's just showing up. How totally interesting. Now, when people start getting involved with social media, I know that getting back to the program that you're offering, um, what are the pieces to that? When they first start getting involved in social media, what they should know is to trust their gut. Where is the place that they find the most joy in being? Because if everybody tells you to be on TikTok and you're never going to create a video, TikTok is not the place for you. If you feel like you can call Facebook home because it's familiar and comfortable, start there. So I say, start where you're most a fan of, start where you're most comfortable. And then when you really get the mastering skills of that, then go to the next place, the next place. Usually I would say if we don't have anything to judge it off of, it would be Facebook first, Instagram second, And then we go from there. YouTube would be my preferred third choice. TikTok would be my fourth. But YouTube, I feel like people are more available to talk the way you and I are on a video than they are to feel like they have to succumb to silly dances and doing certain things, which isn't the rule for TikTok, but it's what we see. So it's what we think is the rule. Yeah. So I think they should start first in where they're comfortable. I think they should trust their gut and just show up as who they are and be ready to listen and really try to connect with their fans, not hide things, not hold things back. 
Does your office look messy? Is your, you know, Monday mornings a hot mess and spilling coffee? If it is, let's talk about it because we've all been there. So true. <laughs> That's my life. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> so getting back to content brainstorming, you is it broken down into sections? How... What is the program that you're presenting? It is done on Zoom. It's recorded so that you can listen later over and over and over again. And it's basically just a conversation among friends. So when I sit down with the owners, there's a few things that I need to know from them. So there's certain things. Standard questions I ask are, what are the top five questions your clients ask? They know the answers. They just don't think it's valuable to share on social media, but... If those clients had it, then pretty much everybody who's thinking about using their product probably has that same question. So we talk about the basics of their business. You know, what are the favorite stories they can tell about this client or this interaction or the development of a particular product? But then we just also talk about their passion and their joy. Why did they start the business? What's the favorite part of their day? It ends up just being conversation, but through that conversation and listening and asking the right questions, before you know it, there is a ton of content. And then we just talk about the ways to show up with that on social media. If it's, say, the five questions, one time we talk about all of them in a post with a Q&A, then we turn that into a video, then we can turn that into breaking it out and diving deeper one question at a time, maybe once a week. So we talk about how to purpose that content and where to put it and when, and um, just get them to follow smoothly along and just conversation. So it feels safe. It doesn't feel salesy. And it really is easy to find the answers because they have the knowledge it's in their head. That's amazing. It's also great to know that you work with all size businesses because very often when a person says the word business, they only think of big, huge businesses. And yet there are so many independent entrepreneurs and smaller businesses. There are, and it's fun to work with them. So I'm independent. I'm small business. I would never you know, think that business means 27 or more employees. There's no standard. It's like humans. It's all different shapes, sizes, models. One of my funnest customers is a musical instrument repair person. They have a brick and mortar store where people bring in instruments to repair them. I have no clue about instruments and no musical talent, but now I know the difference between a tuba and a clarinet and a saxophone and alto and soprano because I've learned from him as I've been helping him with his content. So I find joy in the unique businesses because you never know what you don't know. Yes, it's, it's fascinating. I love small business as well. Um, I love meeting entrepreneurs and finding out what they do and the variety that you find that there are so many people who have created so, so many independent, unique success stories in areas that you would have never, ever believed existed. Yes. They're niche businesses. Yeah, and the power that they have to tell that story shouldn't be downplayed. How did they come up with that idea? What brought them to that spot? And what made them move forward? Because a lot of us hold back, but those stories are so unique and so amazing and really bring life to their business, for sure. 
And it's also true that different people speak to different people. So I can look at um, competitors of mine in my, uh, my other business. But the fact is that the people who are attracted to me may be attracted to me for a different reason. They, f- they may find my story more engaging than somebody else's story. So we, all, we think about competition But in many ways, we don't really need to focus on it because all of us have a unique gift. I agree 100%. And the truth of the matter is, is that there's plenty of business for all of us. There are billions of people in this world. Not one person can handle them all for any product. So I think that we really should think of the abundance mindset when we're thinking about businesses and we're thinking about entrepreneurs But the story is really the core because you're right. We relate to different people for different reasons, which is why my program is called Brainstorming for Fun People because I am drawn to fun people. When you tell me your stories, some days I'm shocked, some days I'm cracking up, and and some days I'm in awe because you have all this in you that most people don't get to hear every day. And that's fun for me. And I hope that I bring that to other people when they meet me and work with me, that they find that social media can be fun and not scary and not nasty or political or, you know, overzealous in any department area or space. It just needs to be fun because we do it all day long. Work is a full-time gig. So we might as well just enjoy it. So true. Um, So I know that I've been struggling lately with hashtags. And for me, hashtags are in a world in and unto themselves, and none of it makes any sense. And why do we need them? The best thing to do to simplify our concern about hashtags is think that they are very much like Google search engine. So let's just say Instagram, for example, because it's one of the most relevant places to use hashtags but it is a way that other people can search for information in that app. So when you're using hashtags, you wanna think about what your favorite client, what your next client, what people that use your products or services say about it. So I may say, I love makeup, but really that's not the thing that my clients are looking for. They might be looking for eye concealer or zit cover-up. It's not technical terms. It's usually things that they say about themselves or things that they would search for. So you need to think like they do and use hashtags that would be their words, not ours. So that's the first thing. Let it be their search words, not your search words. The other thing is, is like, for example, in Philadelphia, Most people from Philadelphia say Philly, and they say it P-H-I-L-L-Y, not P-H-I-L-A. Don't disclude either or, but just make sure you're speaking the way your ideal client would be speaking. Most people won't use the word Philadelphia unless they're tourists searching for a hotel. So you want to think like that. So take the stress out of it and just let your clients tell you, listen to what they say when they talk about product, listen to what they're telling other people when they're bragging about your product, 
ask them if you're not sure, like, hey, how would you describe this widget or this service or this thing or me? And then use those words. And what you do is you can just search them up in the search bar. Say, for example, on Instagram, you can type in the word hashtag Philly and see what comes up. And you want to use the mindset that unless you can serve all people in all areas, you want to think of hashtags as you are a big fish in a small pond. So you don't want a hashtag that has 5.5 million people because that makes you a little fish in a very large pond. So you really want to keep that number down and look to see what you can do to reach your ideal audience in a smaller number because your one post has to compete with 5.5 million other posts. Whereas if you do maybe 500,000, you minimize that and draw in the people that are really looking for your stuff. That's such an eye opener. I never, I, I don't actually think about it in those terms mm. um, because as a business owner, I'm so involved with my side of the business that I don't often think about the perception of my customer. Exactly. And that's so really important. what we have to do when we're thinking hashtags, because somebody's going to go into a search bar and they're going to look for what they know. They don't know the, you know, if they're thinking skincare, estheticians, probably not the word they're going to typically use. So, you know, you don't want to discard that word, but you want to make sure you fill it with everyday common language for your ideal client. You know, I love the science behind it. It is so fun to do the research. It's fun to look at. It's fun to test and measure. I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> um, a lot of us get caught up in the algorithms as well. What do we need to know about those? I think the algorithms really come with time. So in the beginning, I say you just throw the thought out the window and just trust yourself and trust your business knowledge and show up. Because truth of the matter is, is that for well over 30 or more days, you can't really see the algorithm making a difference unless you're posting an awful lot all the time. It helps. So as you get a consistent basis of posts and a daily schedule, then you can look at it, but you want to look for posts that had higher numbers of views. That means they got more attention. So there was something in that post that you can analyze to look to see what else you could create that draws interest. Or you could see that if you, on Monday mornings, shared a picture of your cup of coffee or your dog in your lap, those things reached so much more. And then you want to make sure that more often on, say, Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday, you share pictures of your coffee and your dog too. Um, so you really get the chance to see what works and what doesn't work. And that's all that I would say the simple idea of an algorithm is. It helps you figure out what's working and what's not. And you have to look at it as that instead of the stress of numbers and followers. You may have 10,000 followers or your, you know, other people you follow might have that high number, but how many of those people are truly connecting with them and truly doing business with them? The number doesn't count. So I tried to get people not to look at that number and get them to look at the value that's deep inside to find out what's working is the simple fact. Yeah, I, I've heard that as well, that uh, I never thought about the timing though. Mm -hmm. So we always think that you can just look at the numbers and instantly get a read or 
see what's going on, but you can't. Um, you really have to spend the, you have to see it over a period of time. I have never thought about that. Yeah, it's very much like weight loss. You can't decide to eat healthy and expect to lose 27 pounds in one week. So it takes time. You have to do the work, you have to invest. And before you know it, after that consistent amount of time, after that habit kicks in, then you start to see the value, whether it's inches lost, pants being loose, algorithms are the same way. The more you invest in the time, then you have the ability to look at it for the helpful information it can provide to see what your clients are asking for more of and make it simple as that without worrying about stress of numbers, just like you should worry about the number on the scale. But I wanted to lose the weight real fast. <laughs> we all do. We all want to go viral <laughs> in one day. But the chances of that happening are like, no. <laughs> and we also want to go viral for the right reasons. And absolutely. Yes. Try telling that to your soon to graduate uh, senior in high school son. <laughs> um, so that's, it's, it's all fascinating. So you have to do a lot of research for your clients as well. I do. Yes. That's the fun part of it too. It's all the nerdy behind the scenes science parts of it. And the fun is learning. And what have been some of your biggest surprises in your research? Uh, I think the, <laughs> the funnest surprise is really learning what words you can and cannot say. So um, my biggest discoveries, I had a client that was a massage therapist. And if you use the term foot massage, you're not always going to get, you know, somebody professional rubbing on a toe the way they should for benefits. <laughs> There's other things. And so I think it's, it's choosing your words wisely is the simplest lesson that I have learned <laughs> and being prepared for anything and just leaving a note on my laptop that says social media manager, social media research in case ever the FBI needs to look because they'll have a lot of questions. <laughs> Um, that's fascinating. And your clients are, are, you have clients all over the country, right? I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that in, with what you said prior to this, that's also a challenge because they're in different areas, speaking to different people in different ways. Absolutely. So it's using a different language, not just English to Spanish, but it's using a different language in the way that people talk in different parts of the U.S. So I am from the South. I say y'all often, but it doesn't mean that somebody from Boston is going to want me to tell them they should say y'all in their posts. It's just not going to fit. Um, so it's, it's language in the sense of um, area and environment. It's also spelling. So, you know, different ways that we could spell the word realize based on English in America and English in England are two totally different things. So we have to be aware of those types of things. And it's something to really think about, even if you're using like a spell checker, make sure it's doing the English version you need most. Um, otherwise, some things will be spelled a little different, maybe unique. But I think the human eye glazes over it in most senses anyway. Our brain knows what it should say, so we don't often pick up on it. Yeah, the spell checker can be your best friend or your worst enemy. 
We're both. Because, <laughs> We're both. Because you put a word in and you don't see it. And it has a totally different meaning. Yes. Most days I have to double check myself because once I type it and then spell check once to spell it a different way, I suddenly start to second guess which one of us is correct. I've done that as well. Um, and I'm forever Googling <laughs> different words and meanings because mm-hmm. I think a word has this one meaning and it turns out I'm truly wrong. Yeah. So... Um, it goes back be- to those things on social media that you have to keep track of because, you know, one false move and suddenly it's completely and totally misunderstood. <laughs> so with social media, you can actually truly just focus on your goals and your vision and what you see the benefits of your product as rather than constantly comparing yourself with other, with other people out there and your competitors. In fact, I suggest it every time. First of all, comparison is going to drain us of our wallet as well as our mindset. So yes, just being yourself, believing in the value that started the business to begin with. There was a solution. There was a value. There was a problem solving reason a person creates a business. Let them focus on that and stay true to that. As they're learning and growing, they will evolve and change. So will their business But the truth is, is that the core of who they are is going to be there. Um, For example, I have evolved. I have learned and I love to talk about what I've learned in social media. But the person that I was five, 10 years ago isn't the same. But my core values have not changed. I continually want to serve others. I continually want to help other people find an easier way in social media and make it easy for them. So therefore even though I have better ways of doing that, different techniques, different programs or, or things that I can use, the core stays the same. And so as long as I hold true to that, as long as any business does, it makes the day a lot easier and it makes the business flow better. You know, Most people open up a brick and mortar store and don't think about these things. They don't think about how the 27 other pizza places are doing it. They're just like, this pizza is good. It's grandma's recipe. We love it. We're opening the doors because everybody says it tastes great. They don't look at the numbers in popularity the way we do on social media. Granted, they look at the numbers in the business and the books, but they don't look at the numbers and popularity somewhere if the people on the corner are saying this is the best pizza ever. It takes a long time for them to even have the money to do that kind of research. So... We have to look at the reality of social media being what we make it. And the truth is, is that as long as we hold true to ourselves, our morals, values, and beliefs, it's going to bring that back tenfold. That is so beautiful. Um, It's wonderful to think about business as individual people making a difference. Yes. So I thank you so very much. How can people find you? The best way to find me is through my website, which is bloomandhustle.com and all of my social handles that allow handles like business page on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they're all Bloom and Hustle as well. And it's the A-N-D, not the ampersand. So um, just Bloom and Hustle, it's where you can find me. How wonderful. So for our listeners, all of that information will be in the show notes. Uh, So definitely check out the show notes and you'll find 
all of Jennifer's information. I thank you so very much for being here with me today. Thanks for having me and I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you invited me on. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.